0: Welcome to No Rain Date, a community podcast about local news and people. No Rain Date is a production of Salk & Source LLC. For more local news and information, please visit salkandsource.com. Hello, I'm Josh Popachak, the publisher of Sock and Source, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to No Rain Date, or welcome you back if you are a former listener. We've been on a bit of a break the last few months, that's due to COVID-19. We did produce a couple episodes after March that were sort of experimental because they were done remotely but we are going back on our regular routine here of being a weekly podcast with in-person interviews featuring local business owners, artists, musicians, civic leaders, you name it. So we're excited about that and and hope you are too. This week, we're going to have a great episode for you featuring Fountain Hill's new fire chief, Derek Richman, who has a really interesting personal story and has some great information to share about firefighting in Fountain Hill and, and how you can help support the fire company. We're also interviewing Allison Guido, who owns two businesses in Hellertown and her newest business is Off The Trail Cafe, which just opened on Main Street in Hellertown in late July. But before the interviews, we're gonna give you a roundup of the latest local news This is for the week ending August 27th, 2020. And there has been a lot of news in the last week or so. This week is notable for being back to school week in Saucon Valley. And it's certainly unlike any other back to school week that's ever happened before due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Saucon Valley is one of only a couple districts in the Lehigh Valley that has uh, full-time in-person classes happening, and about 80% of the students are enrolled in the in-person classes. About 20% are taking classes at home. So far, everything seems to be going smoothly, but it's only the first week, so hopefully everybody stays safe and healthy. Uh, I know that's the goal of everybody in the district, including the administration. They did a lot of planning to reopen safely, as all the school districts have done. And of course, we'll continue to report on how schooling has changed in the era of COVID-19 in future episodes. Sort of to end summer on a more traditional note, last week, The borough held a fireworks display, which was actually Dewey Fire Company's annual fireworks display. Now, normally that would have taken place during the Dewey Carnival, which was canceled this year back in July due to coronavirus. There was a significant support for having a fireworks show from the community, which ended up helping fundraise about $20,000 towards the fireworks. That's enough to pay for this year's show and pretty much cover next year's show so that's awesome and um, we thank certainly Dewey and all of their volunteers as well as all of the businesses and and local residents who donated to help make the show possible. We published some photos of it. It was spectacular. It was staged at Steel Club. So thank you to Steel Club also for their support for the fireworks. We've been covering a lot of local business stories in the last part of August. The Promenade Shops has been in the news again lately. There's been it's sort of some positive news and negative news or less positive news out of there. Unfortunately, they've, they've had a couple more businesses close, which isn't a huge surprise due to how much the, the virus has impacted the national economy. The latest closings were The Children's Place and Justice, which are both children's clothing brands. On the flip side, AMC opened their 16-screen movie theater at the Promenade last week, reopened it. Now, of course, seating capacity is lower because of safety and health requirements that are in place, but that's the first time that movies have been available in almost six months, so that was a pretty big deal. We have currently a story about a, one story about a landmark business and and another story about a new business that are just published on Sock & Source. Superior Auto is a auto service and repair shop in Hellertown, very well known, very highly respected in the community. And they've sort of taken advantage of some of the downtime they had during COVID-19 to focus on making some upgrades to the building, which is actually over a hundred years old. And there's a really neat old picture of it. If you log in and, and check out that story on sockinsource.com, you'll see the, the gas pump in front of the building and the globe street lamps. I think that's from the picture from the 1920s. So congratulations to owner Doug Snyder on on the improvements he's making. They have a new metal roof that looks really, really sharp. Our new business story is about B.B. DeShane Fine Men's Salon in Hellertown. This, this was a story that was many months in the making because I actually first met the owner, Brittany DeShane, back in late January when she was preparing to open. She was only open for about a month before the coronavirus pandemic forced a shutdown of all businesses. And then, of course, salons were one of the last to reopen. So she reopened in June and happy to say she's doing really well. It's a beautiful salon in part of the old movie theater building on Main Street in Hellertown. So it's a historic building and she has paid homage to that with a mural inside that depicts the movies as it looked when it was open. It was an art deco movie theater it's uh not just another salon uh, if you're thinking that they they definitely offer a variety of services especially for men that, that aren't available uh, regularly they do of course also cut women's hair they have many different beauty services for women you'll want to check out that article sports again with covid 19 there are some big question marks remaining as far as high school sports go football is still uncertain if they will have a season, the Panthers, because football is considered a higher risk sport due to the amount of contact the players have on the field and in practice. So if they do have a season, it's uh, likely to start September 25th. The school board will probably be making a decision at their next meeting, which is September 8th. If, if not, they're not making a decision then, I'm sure they'll be discussing it and as well as the other, the other fall sports, which are less contact, so there's a little bit less concern about the transmission of, of the disease through those sports. But that's another story that we'll be continuing to follow and report on. And lastly, there's been a lot of concern in some parts of the community about the post office due to recent cuts that have been made by the Postmaster General. Mail delivery has been slowed down, not just locally, but all across the country. That has uh, led to some protests, not in Hellertown, but in Bethlehem. There was a protest outside one of the post offices just a couple days ago. And that involves, you know, people from various parts of the community, union leaders who are concerned that the slowdown of mail delivery is negatively impacting people like seniors and veterans, anybody who relies on um, mail order medications, and of course also the potential for it to impact uh, voting by mail in this fall's election. That's something that only became available to everybody in Pennsylvania this year. And that was, I believe, happening anyway, but in, in other states it's been expanded because of the coronavirus pandemic that's a developing story for sure as far as voting we did publish a question and answer with northampton county elections office officials this week to try and like clarify some some things about voting and the security of voting by mail the county will have a ballot drop box located in the county courthouse in easton once ballots become available in mid-september so if you don't feel confident mailing your ballot, you'll be able to take it to the courthouse, put it in the box, and that box will be monitored by county sheriff's deputies. So we have that and other information that's really important for voters in that story. I would encourage you to check it out. That's our roundup for the news this week, and thank you for tuning in. We will see you again next week. Welcome back to No Rain Date. Uh, This is episode 18, and we are relaunching the podcast after a hiatus of close to six months that was brought about by COVID-19. We're excited to have as one of our first guests back on the podcast, Fire Chief Derek Richmond from Fountain Hill, which is also my hometown. We recently had a story about Derek and his appointment to the, the job of fire chief in Fountain Hill and we wanted to get to know him a little bit more and thought you would be interested in that too. So welcome Derek. Thanks Josh, it's great to be here. Now you are not a lifetime Hiller. You're a transplant. I and, am. And tell us first of all, what, what brought you to the Hill?
1: My wife is from, from the area from the Lehigh Valley she grew up in Easton and and, uh, you know she's ever since I kind of dragged her away and we were living in Virginia uh, she's wanted to come back she wanted to work at ArtsQuest it's been her her dream job and so uh, she had that opportunity uh, about five years ago and we moved back at that time Um, so been here since I've been here since 2016 Uh, and we bought a house in Fountain Hill and just love the house love the community a great little area
0: yeah No, it's definitely got that small-town vibe. Even though it sort of blends in with Bethlehem, it still somehow maintains its own identity, which is interesting.
1: Yeah, kind of stuck there right in the middle of Bethlehem and and not too far from Allentown, a little
0: bit of everything. Right, right. I think it's maybe the geography or the topography that kind of shapes its identity because it is sort of like in a... An enclave, almost. It's unique, yeah. It's it's kind of its own little
1: bowl of, of uh, Fountain Hill.
0: Yeah. And it has lots of little secrets. Like, I did a story recently about Lekoweki Springs Park, which is up the hill and has, like, an old pond. It was a 19th century resort. And it's a borough park, and I couldn't believe how many people that even live in the borough had never been there and didn't know it existed. Oh, it's a neat little park. It's a block and a half from my
1: house. So yeah. I, I I walk my dog up there sometimes, take the kid in the stroller and walk him around through there. Yeah, neat little park, little pond with some ducks and things like that.
0: Yeah. So, when when you moved to Fountain Hill, did you know that you would get involved in volunteer firefighting or? Yeah, I
1: I was a volunteer firefighter in Virginia before I moved up here um, with the City of Fairfax Volunteer Fire Department. and. Um, had been with them since 2010 or so, uh, and just you know loved being involved, loved the training, the the brotherhood. You know there are very few things like it, I think. Uh, and so the first kind of day I was up here, I, I stopped by the department, and or one of the first few days I was up here, I stopped by the department, and they were training. I had a good bit of training from my time in Virginia. And uh, so they welcomed me on board, and uh, that was the start
0: of that. Did you, did you grow up around, like, firefighting, or was it sort of like a family tradition, or...? No,
1: I've got an old leather fire helmet that my mom thinks is her father's. He was a forestry major at the University of Maine, and, and I think he did some firefighting huh. back in his day, but he was in the military, and, you know, in, in the Navy, uh, in the war. But other than that, no, there's, there's no firefighting, you know, history in my family. It just seemed to me like a great way to get involved, serve the community, you know, get to know a bunch of people. And, and universally, the guys, that, the, the men and women that I've worked with in the fire service have just been, you know, some pretty incredible people.
0: Yeah. And you guys are busy. Like, I can attest to that because <laughs> I live a block from the fire station. So, like, whenever the sirens go off... Just the high rise alone. I mean, like I know they get a lot of we get a lot false of false alarms. We
1: get a lot of of automatic fire alarms yeah. uh, at the high rise, and then at the hospital, we get a fair number too. Just you know, weird things going right. on. Construction causes smoke, or or somebody's smoking in the bathroom when they're in the hospital when they're not supposed to be. You know, things like that. And we'll go out and and check them out. Fortunately, most of the time they are false alarms, but we'll have. You know every so often and I know I'm gonna regret saying this but you know we'll get something big uh, and, and, oh you know, yeah
0: we've had some big ones uh, there were a couple years ago there was one on I think it was on Benner yep the Benner And like it was like a about, chemical warehouse about or something. three years ago yeah I remember spent, that one. Uh,
1: about five hours four or five hours at the top of the ladder on that one Wow um, and uh, just putting water you know put the wet stuff on the hot stuff and um that was we had companies from all over from Northampton County from Lehigh County you know everybody was in on that one yeah and and you know it's great to see when something like that works and uh you hate to see the loss of property but we were lucky no you know no major issues on that fire
0: right well as fire chief you're certainly I mean it's A good department you know but you certainly have challenges in Fountain Hill with like narrow streets and old buildings houses that are real close together it's not like you know the perfect firefighting community I guess where everything would be spread out and
1: yeah no it's it's not Um, you know the narrow streets the hills make for interesting experience you got parking on both sides of most streets you've got some one-way streets You know, beyond that, you've got an interesting mix of residential and a lot of older residential homes, some doubles, some things like that. You've got the high rise, and then you've got a lot of professional buildings. We've got a good number of daycares, the hospital buildings, the doctors' offices. You know, that that make for
0: some interesting firefighting challenges. Do you have like specialized equipment because of the hospital? Because that building is so tall, or like.
1: We have we have a ladder that's uh, you know just a straight stick, but you know that's that's not it's not particularly specialized because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know it, it's a pretty standard apparatus, but we are one of the companies in the area that does have that that equipment. Right. No, you know we we train we pre plan for events at the hospital and things like that, so we know kind of what we can expect when we go in there. They've got some good folks on you know the security and the maintenance teams over there some of them are firefighters or former firefighters so you know we have generally had uh, a decent rapport with those guys um, which is which is nice makes our job easy
0: mhm yeah and i mean as if you didn't have enough enough challenges now you have to think about covid-19 when you're responding to probably any any call really are you just following general safety precautions? Like? We
1: do we follow general safety precautions. you know the fact of the matter is that it's it's a risk benefit analysis you know when, when the tones go off when this when we've got to go we've got to go right and you know you, you think you wind up thinking more about this is what I'm doing on scene this is what needs to get done than am I being exposed because at the end of the day, you know somebody's property or, or somebody's life may be in danger and and you're trying to minimize that risk and so yeah you're putting yourself in some harm's way to do that but you know it's it's one of those risk a little to save a little risk a lot
0: to save a lot and so right you know, and i think people get that i mean you can't really say you know while the building's burning hold on while i put on my mask or right i can't get too close to to you because of social distancing i mean like you you just can't do that right
1: yeah i can't i can't drag you out of the building because i can't be within (laughs) six feet of you no you know and if and if it is a fire we've got our our face pieces on and um, ppe and things like that for firefighting so you know that protects us it's it's more you know you go to an automatic fire alarm and you're not you may be not masking up to go in to check it out you know or you go to pump somebody's basement out from a flood and you know you just you just be as careful as you can and, and uh, you know but you 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 are taking a risk but that's true anytime you're serving the, you know anytime you're you're responding to a call you're taking a risk because it's a, it's just a dangerous profession
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: and so there are risks inherent to it, and this adds one
0: uh, with COVID. But um, right. you know, we do what we can. Right. As long as everybody's aware of of it, and you know, and you're you're training continuously too. I know, like on not just for things like that, but you know, any kind of specialized training that you you know have to do, you know, to meet requirements. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We train Monday nights and and some some wednesday nights we'll do training sometimes it's the fountain hill department that's training sometimes we'll train with other local departments uh, and get together and do some of those things you know the departments that we may end up working with on calls mm-hmm. uh,
0: like, and lower like lower sawkin like <laughs> <Exactly>. lower <laughs> sawkin because i see them a lot at a lot of the calls and yeah, yeah.
1: they come over to they come over to some of our calls eastern salisbury comes over to some of our calls and you know then you talk about the big calls like Danner we get departments from all
0: over the place. Is it a challenge like during the daytime like 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 a weekday when everybody's at work if you get a call like to get, you know, out there in a reasonable amount of time?
1: You know, manpower is always a challenge and it's probably it is more of a challenge during the daytime during weekday business hours, but that's true at every volunteer fire department across the state and across the country you know manpower has has dropped off significantly you know in the 1970s there were like 300,000 volunteer firefighters in Pennsylvania alone today there are about 38,000 so that's a pretty significant drop and it does make it tougher to get a full truck out but you know we're sending. we've got we've got great people some of whom are available during the day some of them are at night some of them it varies but you know we're we're getting good
0: good trained people on our rigs every time they go out the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I'm glad you shared that statistic because a lot of people don't realize that that it's gone down that much and some people don't even realize that you guys are volunteers. I mean I I run across that all the time in Hellertown, Lower Saucon, like if they moved from a, from somewhere like New Jersey where almost everybody's a paid firefighter. They just sort of assume that it's paid and you know yeah that's not the case
1: no it's not And Pennsylvania has a very rich history of, of volunteer fire companies you know um, Ben Franklin founded the first one back in 19 uh, excuse me, 1736 you know and it was unique because it was the first company that was there to serve the whole community you didn't have to be a member of the company in order to have your house saved from a fire If mm-hmm. you lived in the community you were there responsibility Hmm. and and, you know and that and that is a tradition that has carried on and and so you know that rich history of volunteer firefighting in Pennsylvania is a very cool thing to be a part of and and it is disheartening to see those membership numbers drop off and, and to know that our biggest challenge is getting people in the door to get people out the door
0: right yeah absolutely it's definitely a, a serious challenge, and, you know, I try and promote, you know, what you guys do however I can. We were talking about that a little bit before the interview, mm-hmm. about, like, some of your fundraisers that you do, like, throughout the year. Your Christmas tree fundraiser is a big one.
1: Yep, yep. That's always a big one for us. We'll be doing that again this year, um, starting the week, you, you, about the week before Thanksgiving or right around Thanksgiving. We'll get our trees in and uh they'll be selling up by the pool in fountain hill they're beautiful trees we always sell out pretty quickly you know and we're hoping to do the same thing this year because otherwise we do the fill the boot thing where you'll see the firefighters standing in traffic and and asking you to throw your change in the boot and you know with covid we just haven't been able to do that this year it hasn't been safe Mm -hmm. for the firefighters it hasn't been safe for for the drivers to be that close and, and in that experience so you know the the fund letters that you get asking for donations are you know pay attention to those because those are those are a major fundraiser you see the sign that says you know christmas trees for sale by the the fountain hill fire department or your local fire department you know stop by check them out um, because those are
0: how we survive right and you don't even have to wait until you're asked either i mean like you could just mail you guys a donation anytime you can um,
1: mail us a donation you can drop it off to the firehouse yep we've got a mailbox that you can stick it like in your envelope
0: stick it in maybe You'll- you're somebody who's whose basement was pumped out the other week you know because you guys were busy during hurricane Isaias. or i think that's i think that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah we had uh we had a good number
1: of pump outs with a lot of water and again that goes back to the topography of fountain hill you just get water rushing down the hill and it's gonna hit something eventually and usually that's somebody's wall and and it's gonna find a place to go either off the wall out into the street or under the wall into their basement. Yeah. Um,
0: And uh... We had geysers like from the storm sewer like erupting like I got video of one of those by my house and I had a mini one in my basement so... Oof. Yeah, it's <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah, it's always an adventure you get something like that and, and we knew it was gonna be a busy day and, and it was. Yeah. And it was all across the county, all across the Lehigh Valley. But you know, we had great crews out there getting the work done.
0: Yeah. And I know it's the same for Hellertown and Lower Saucon they were very busy that they were day. Busy. Oh, yeah. Hellertown was right here. It was kinda like ground zero in this area, the six hundred block of Main Street. They had a couple feet of water at one point, so. Yeah. So, but getting back to the events, I mean, you guys also do things like Santa run, right?
1: We do, yep. And that may look a little different this year. We're still working out the details of that, but you know, we do. Santa gets on one of our trucks and goes around the borough and usually drops off presents. At, at the very least, I think he'll probably be waving and, and you know from a safe distance from a safe yeah. distance yep
0: no hugs for Santa but <laughs> no
1: no no probably not a lot of passing out candy canes and things like that but right. um, you know it's cool when he's able to, to come down and spend a little bit of time with us cruising around the borough and the kids love seeing him the Easter Bunny yep. usually comes out we'll do the, the Christmas tree lighting at the borough I don't know how exactly we'll be involved in that this year or whether that'll be as big a ceremony as it usually is but when things return to normal yeah we're, we, we love getting back to those events where we're we're out there with the community
0: Mm-hmm. yeah it's just great to see people come out you know smiling you know it, that's not just the kids either it's everybody when you have one of those yeah, yeah. santa runs and i always enjoy covering them and just for that reason because it's something that does bring the community together. Right,
1: and especially in a year like this, you know, it'll be nice to, to see Santa come around. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> when, when we get there. Right, and put, we'll be that much closer to 2020 being over. So <laughs> <laughs> that will be the, the bonus. If somebody wants to become a volunteer or is interested in learning more, what's, what's the next step for them?
1: Stop by the local firehouse, you know, in Fountain Hill. Our, our contact information is on the Borough website. Give a call, send an email, uh, we'll get you the information. If you're, if you're outside Fountain Hill and too far away to join our department, there are a number of great departments in, in the Lehigh Valley to join. Most departments do training Monday nights at 7 p.m. So that's a great time to just stop by and kind of see what's going on, get a feel for what's involved. And you know, you can, be as involved as you want. We'll get a lot of kids who come in. They need community service hours, and they ask if they can sweep out the bay, and then we'll say, "That's great. You, you can sweep out the bay, but why don't you join and become a junior firefighter? Yeah, yeah. Because at, at the age of, you know, fourteen, you can become a junior firefighter, and you're limited in your responsibilities or what you can what you can do. But it's a great way to get involved and you know, you're starting early, you're going to get that training, and by the time you go to fire school and, and get these certifications, you're going to know, you know more, than, more than you can imagine uh, right. and just be a great benefit to the department. We've got a number of, of uh, great juniors, and some of them have just become senior members of the department. what's the
0: minimum age 14 14
1: yeah and and there are limitations with how many hours they can spend at the department when they're 14 and 15 but then you get to 16 and 17 and that kind of opens up a little bit more and then at 18 you can become a full member you know you can go to fire school and do that training become a driver of a fire truck which is just one of those things it doesn't doesn't every kid dream of driving a fire (laughs) truck
0: yeah, most, most right? would. And yeah.
1: and and you can do that. Just stop by your your local fire department and uh, you know, get started on the path down
0: down that road. Right. Yeah, I think the junior firefighting program is a great is a great resource probably for all volunteer fire companies cuz they do get sort of hooked in that way and you know, you're motivated to stay with it cuz you get to do more as you get older and
1: yeah it gets some young blood in the door because you know we were talking earlier about how the numbers have dropped off because it's older you know the older firefighters are sticking around and we're not getting the younger blood in the door people are working longer hours they've got longer commutes you know you've got the the dual income household where mom and dad are working or husband and wife or whatever are are Mm -hmm. are working and you know you think it's it's a lot of time where where am i going to get the time but it's there Mm-hmm. It's there and when you decide, you know, this is what I want to do, this is, uh, I want to commit some time to doing this, you know, it, there's nothing like it. it it's, it's, a, it's a brotherhood, it's a, it's a true experience and it can be kind of what you want it to be. If you want to come by training, you know, a couple of nights a, a month, you can do that training and, you know, or you can become, you know, fire chief, assistant fire chief, right. lieutenant, captain, you know, get as involved as you want become a member of the auxiliary and then you're, you're helping you know with those fundraisers and things like that and that's not putting you in harm's way you can become a member of the fire police which is the you know the, the folks who are shutting down roads for us when we're on a fire scene making sure that we're not getting run over by traffic who gets distracted by ooh, pretty flashing lights right. and runs into a firefighter which while is a doing serious a risk it
0: is it is I just was reading about one of those incidents, uh, it was somewhere in Pennsylvania, and, and somebody was seriously hurt, I think. Yeah, that, you know,
1: people uh, uh, have to look out for, for on emergency right. scenes. You know, stop, slow down, take a different route, whatever it is, it's not worth your life or your property or, or somebody else's life.
0: And please pull over to the side of the road when you see emergency vehicles coming. That's one of my pet peeves, like people that don't do that anymore. I think it's one of your pet peeves. People, (laughs) people don't.
1: It's like the lights and sirens don't mean anything. And, you know, if if we've got them on, we're not just trying to skip that red light. We are responding to an emergency scene, and it might not be your house, but tomorrow it might be. Exactly, and, you know you want somebody else to pull out of your out of, out of our way so that we can get to you do the same for somebody else, yeah, you know, just pull over and stop for a second, let us buy, and then you can go on your way
0: yeah it's really not hard, and I just it bothers me that society has just become more fast paced and and people have become more. Into themselves I
1: guess. Well and I think that speaks to the issue of why volunteerism and volunteer firefighting has dropped off because it is so self-centered I I think or or self-focused but you know to be part of something like this where you are serving your community and you know every so often somebody will stop and say thank you and there's there's nothing like that that feeling where you're welcome yeah I, I, you know thank you for, for for recognizing it but you know it, it's 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 a great group of people and it's great to be out there serving our community um,
0: so. well thank you <laughs> absolutely for for doing that and before we, we wrap up I did want to like just talk a little bit about we didn't really talk about you and you have had sort of an interesting career path that doesn't involve firefighting or emergency services at all, you actually were an attorney. I was. Yep. Yep. From
1: uh, 2008 until about uh, June, I guess, of this year. <laughs> until um, very recently. Until very, very recently, and uh, I, was in, I was an attorney practicing in Virginia, and then practicing here in the Lehigh Valley, and uh, made a career change recently, and I'm now the associate editor for Woodcraft Magazine.
0: Which you have come over to my side sort of right like the, the the publishing <laughs> side no it's
1: great it's a great group of guys a bunch of a couple of local woodworkers and, it, and it's a national magazine but it's it's incredible yeah, that there about. are a couple of local editors here in the valley
0: so that's you know, something you can to, do remotely or? I,
1: I do it remotely so I spend some time at my computer writing and editing and then I get to go out and play in the wood shop for a little while and then come back and write about it right uh, you know so it, it's it's a great rewarding experience you know I, I i love i love doing it and i haven't been doing it long but i've always loved woodworking and i've always enjoyed writing editing
0: so this was a great way to combine them what kinds of like projects do you typically work on for
1: oh it can be anything I'll, you know furniture knickknacks turnings I, i've got you know i'll turn pens and candlesticks and pepper mills but then do you know benches and tables and uh, shelves
0: and things like that so a little bit of everything do you do antique repairs <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm not there yet no when you are let me know i will let you <laughs> know you got some antiques that need repaired a, a few yeah like a rocking chair with the rocker like falling off and you know probably like not even that difficult to fix but yeah i'm an antique lover and i have a few things in the basement that. Are just... Well, make sure they're not in the flood zone of your basement. Oh no! Yeah, they're they're up. They're raised up. But yeah, I love anything made of wood. Real wood furniture. When I bought my house, I didn't want anything that was like from IKEA from or Ikea, anything. Yeah, yeah. So I bought antiques and stuff and. Oh, there's such a difference. Now, oh yeah. Now you know it,
1: It's a pain in the butt to move in when you've got heavy furniture, but uh, but it's worth it the way it lasts. And, yeah. And, you know, looks.
0: Yeah. Fancy. It looks good. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Well, that's, I mean, that's awesome that you were able to make that transition, and I'm sure it's giving you more time with family and more time for firefighting. Probably. Yeah,
1: yeah, I work from home now mostly, so I've got, you know, with my young son, gives me a little bit more freedom with him and then uh, more freedom to respond to calls during the workday right. uh, so you know these are all great things in my mind
0: yeah well thank you again and like I said we're, we're looking forward to partnering with you to help you know promote things like the Christmas tree sale and Santa run and we love the thing that's all the, all the information Great. And, um, definitely if you're interested in, in volunteering, donating, um, you can find the information about the Fountain Hill Fire Department, like Derek said, on the borough website. If you just Google Fountain Hill Borough, that'll be, I think, the top result. Yep. The fire department is, is located on Cherokee Street near Borough Hall. You said you have drill nights every Monday, right? Every Monday. Yep. 7 p.m. So, um, definitely think about it and, um, Thank you again for joining us. Josh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I'm excited this week to welcome one of Hellertown's newest business owners and also a neighbor to Sock and Source, yes. uh, <laughs> Allison Guido from off the trail yeah and which is a new cafe that opened at 650 main street just about a month ago july 27th so congratulations on your one month anniversary we're big fans of off the trail here it's something that something different for hellertown you offer a healthier sort of lighter menu but not healthy to the point of you know turn people away right
2: although we have been playing with that but <laughs> <laughs> but i i do think that like you gotta you know you gotta reel people in with the the basics you know and right. and just see what people want you know see what what flows there we've been getting good feedback on uh some brands that they want to see in there and so i'm excited to get you know new things
0: right yeah, just to give you an idea of what their menu is like, you have breakfast items, lunch mm-hmm. items, you have sweets, salads. As as far as the sweets go, I know you have items from vegan treats. Yeah, yeah, which are really yummy. Really well,
2: yeah.
0: Um, you have like bottled beverages, kombucha. I think. Yeah, we have Pine Point thing,
2: there. Yep, which uh, is a local brand. right in Allentown. Um,
0: I think that's awesome that you're supporting other local businesses. You know, by by making their products available
2: absolutely i think that's a huge concept here you know is that i want to have everything local like i drive through farms sometimes and just grab some tomatoes and Mm -hmm. you know just whatever i can find that's uh that i think will work well there
0: yeah no i mean that's that's great and um you know i've had a, an awesome sort of Cuban sandwich there. Yeah. Cuban inspired I guess. It wasn't yes. exactly a Cuban but rose pork and
2: Swiss cheese. Swiss
0: cheese, mustard, mm-hmm.
2: and... a nice little r- brioche bun. Yes. Yeah, it's really good. It's definitely not healthy, but <laughs> it's still really good.
0: It's not, but, like, the the portion size, and I think I mentioned this, isn't huge either, so...
2: I definitely think that uh, America is quite different in that aspect, where everything is always has to be large and in charge, you know? Right. But
0: I think that has a lot to do with the obesity epidemic, because you do, like... In Europe, mm-hmm. in places like Italy and France, they don't eat healthy they necessarily, don't, but
2: they're generally a little bit um, more lean-looking or not so. Right. You know, uh, I don't know. My family's still a little bit different. I feel like my we're constantly eating all the way around the clock, so portions right. are always large in my house. But I definitely think overall, as like a country, I mean, we're Italian, so whenever we go over there, like it's you know, it's eating all day long, but small bits and pieces, Mm -hmm. or, you know, you sit down to have a late, big lunch, and that was, you know, dinner was often a little bit smaller, so.
0: Exactly, I think, yeah, I think they they do eat more meals, but they're smaller, Mm -hmm. and they probably walk more, too. Yes, Um, definitely,
2: (laughs) we are lazy people. Like, I just,
0: (laughs) yeah, like... Doing, I definitely know that eating smaller meals is better for you, but it's like requires more thought, I guess, to do it, right?
2: I mean, I think that we just <laughs> automatically think like, you know, when you're making a portion, like you eat the whole steak and not split it between two people. Like, you, you know, you look right. for two bigger steaks or instead of one really large one to split between two people or something. Right. It's just the way we've been conditioned our whole lives. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you forget about the health aspect and start to think, Absolutely. well, I want the most for my money, right. you know. And and a lot of
2: people move out of convenience nowadays, and it's uh, that's even worse. Well, it's, it's great, but it's bad at the same time, because when you only have a half hour for lunch, you want to roll through McDonald's, and you're getting a big burger, you're getting fries, you're getting a big soda. Like, you're getting all of that, plus a little cookie on the side, you know. I don't know. I I hope that off the trail is definitely, like, the new convenience factor. It's okay if you have to get out and walk an extra 20 steps to it. I promise it will be just as quick.
0: (laughs) Well, your name even references walking with the trail, you know. And and you could walk to the rail trail after your it makes my heart
2: so happy when i see people ride up on their bikes and like throw them on the side which side note i really need a bike rack but i get so happy when i see people like just throwing their bikes down and coming to grab a bowl like and it's usually younger kids which is exciting because you want the younger community to think about eating better and they are which is great because our generation is not really used to that
0: (laughs) No, and they might inspire their parents or you absolutely know,
2: and that's it that's cool too to see people you know their kids drag them in there and they're like mom they got acai bowls and they're like what is this right right <laughs> um, and it's cute it's cool you know to introduce people to something new but still tastes really great it's, and it's good for you you know
0: yeah yeah now hellertown you know has a lot of great restaurants. It doesn't exactly have the reputation of like the healthy eating capital Absolutely of the world. Absolutely not. And. and... And that's okay, because you know.
2: Hellertown has some of my favorite restaurants, so you know, like absolutely, I, I find myself eating on Main Street every single day. My grandmother makes fun of me because she's like, I I leave work and I go eat from somewhere else on Main Street. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, you
0: never want to eat your own food, right? No, like because I it. pick at it
2: all day long. Like usually a smoothie in the morning, absolutely, or you know, definitely a cup of coffee along with it, but when i'm like when i'm ready for food food and not something quick and fast you know like i want to sit at like DeMayo's or braveheart or something like that and eat like wings or something you know because i'm still human
0: right and just for and you do have excellent coffee and i would have gotten it <laughs> if i'm holding i'm <laughs> holding my dunkin Donuts stuff here i would have hey, gotten, gotten totally it if you hadn't cool. closed early today <laughs> <Shh>. <laughs> I just needed a little afternoon pick me up. So no, no, no.
2: I I totally support you supporting every business in town. You know, like that's the way it's supposed to move. Varieties, the yeah. spice of life. You know,
0: absolutely. You know, so yeah. So like the concept in the beginning was basically to sort of highlight the trail, which is a really popular asset in Hallertown, a absolutely, recreational yeah. asset.
2: I love the rail trail. It was the first thing I ever found when I first moved to Hellertown, and I thought it was so cool because right behind this section of the trail, well not I guess our side, but like where the, the next block is where they used to have the farmer's market, you can dip mm-hmm. off and like there's like a little stream over there that mm-hmm. you can sit, like you can walk down into it, like it's really neat, and you don't realize that you're like right in this town. You feel like you're in the middle of nowhere, which is cool. Yeah. Um, so I've definitely always had a cool love for the trail.
0: Yeah, there's like like vintage um, railroad um, yeah, memorabilia. Yeah, so much history, there.
2: which is great. You know, for such right. a small town, there's just so much to know about it, which is really cool.
0: Yeah. And I should mention before we get any further that you this is actually your second business in Hellertown.
2: It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it that much. <laughs>
0: You are a business-starting junkie in Town. <laughs>
2: I think I just have, like, an entrepreneurial spirit.
0: I think so, definitely.
2: Yeah.
0: You like, also own the Brow Society. Yes. Which opened four years ago? Five just years? about,
2: almost four years okay, ago. Okay,
0: because yeah. I remember writing about that when you opened. Yes,
2: that's when we met, and I was very nervous. I was so <laughs> excited. Kind of the feelings I'm going through right now.
0: Well, you've developed a great reputation since then, and that you know, you you basically do eyebrows, Eye eyelashes, and
2: spray tans, and spray that's tans, it. yep. Um, but definitely, our our thing, our niche is definitely brows, and I have two great girls who like love brows just as much as I do, which is such a rarity to find. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my baby, that's my first, you know. Right. I did a lot of learning how to talk to people and how to.
0: But you also, and getting back to the entrepreneurial spirit, you come from an entrepreneurial family, right? You I said do, Your dad yeah. owns a restaurant.
2: My dad owns. Well, my dad's like kind of a serial entrepreneur too, so I think that's like it's just in the blood or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he's in food, and then he also is in a trade. So, you know, he has. I admire his. Uh, his routines and his schedules because that's what I'm desperately seeking right now
0: (laughs) do you ever ask him for advice I I,
2: almost every day I'm (laughs) like so should I just pay for something to get delivered or should I go cheaper and drive to get it myself you know like all the way down to the little things right you know it's like it makes the difference when you're starting out Um, absolutely especially with other people you know so it's uh You're not just thinking about yourself, and if you fail, like, you're letting other people down, too, so, you know, I definitely look to him in that aspect, because he has employees, you know? Right. You know, and I, I don't look at bra society that way, like, bra society have a team. (laughs) Right. They, you know, they essentially work for themselves, so
0: yeah it's sort of a different business model
2: it's so so different it's really cool in both aspects you know but uh I definitely feel the like not pressure like um like the responsibility to take care of my team over there you know
0: absolutely yeah I get that um you're also going to have great opportunities to do like cross-promotional stuff and
2: oh yeah you could do
0: like a you know, girl's night, girl's afternoon out, get your eyebrows on and get a smoothie. (laughs) I really need
2: to do something like that because I swear my business is, like, thriving off of my own clients. Like, I don't even, I don't think I've ever realized how many clients I have. Like, I always thought, like, I don't ever know anybody, and every time somebody walks through the door, I'm like, hey! we have to go see Allie! (laughs) It (laughs) makes me so happy, seriously. It makes me, like, um, it makes me emotional to know that so many people, like, love and support, you know? Yeah. Um, especially small business down here. I mean, PA in general or the Lehigh Valley in general support small business like crazy. And it's it's really nice to see because I'm not from a town like that. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's definitely different here in Hellertown. Um, like, I do find that the businesses are, are really supportive. And, and here in the 600 block, we have a great lineup now of, you know, we you have know we you, do. um, the hair my salon that just yep. opened yeah. last year.
2: The girls over there are great. They're um, so
0: nice. Me, of course. <laughs> my, um, soccer Valley Massage. Yep. Yeah. Wes.
2: Yes. Wes is great. He's like, he's such a great support too. He loves coming down every day. So that makes me really happy too. I love that all my neighbors are cool. You know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I got lucky over at on the 700 block too you know so I can't I can't complain I feel like I got good neighbors all around
0: right yeah no absolutely you can't go wrong well well, no matter what block you're in absolutely although the 700 block has a little less water when it rains
2: (laughs) (laughs) yes oh my god that was a nightmare but August
0: 4th yeah we had the remnants of Hurricane. What
2: even was it? I feel like that ideas. was another thing. We just... Nobody heard about it in the news, so...
0: Yeah, well, it was a freak weather It just even happened.
2: Yeah. And, and I had no idea that, like, the... Everybody was in there like, oh, yeah, this thing floods like crazy. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was, like, day... It was, like, week two, day two. And I'm like, okay, I guess we're going to close, so...
0: Yeah, I mean, but it literally... Luckily, it literally was a flash flood because, like the next day it seemed like it was already all dried up and dusty and like yeah
2: it really was there's it's still dusty outside right. like every day i see footprints all along this, um along yeah. in the restaurant so
0: but we but better dry than wet hopefully
2: that's what they're fixing doing construction out there
0: <laughs> maybe you never know i mean historically this block is sort of like an achilles heel for flooding because
2: really good, well the silver creek know. is
0: sort of underneath our building that's so. what i found out yeah it's diverted underneath the street here which you would never know driving down main street you know there's no way to know that but now it
2: blots up with traffic water all of it
0: right well i i had to i was joking sort of like you know morbid humor but like within two weeks we had a fire here not a yeah, fire yeah you're right but, a, a sump pump started to smoke and, that
2: was here right right yeah that then, was here
0: and then like a week or two later was the flood so what's I'm next i'm
2: telling you 2020 is a year
0: right it really <laughs> is. i know i'm kind of counting the days till it's over but but we can still
2: i think we're still all treading right now make
0: lemonade you know, Yeah, hopefully. out of it you can literally make lemonade over i really it. should you know But as far as, like, getting information about Off The Trail, Instagram is the best way right now, right? Because you post Um, regularly.
2: Yeah, Instagram is where we post a lot. I'm not, like, I'm not on Facebook a lot, but we have a page. It was requested, so we made one. That's right. And uh, we try to tag everything to Facebook, but definitely the best way is Instagram. We have a website, too.
0: Oh, you do have a website now? Yeah,
2: OffTheTrailPA.net. Awesome. Yeah
0: that's yeah that's kind of a must-have these days especially for a restaurant
2: i mean that was definitely one thing i was hyper against when i first started and it was incessant because i think that every business has it so people assume that you have to have it but right. like our menu's right on google like most people will just google you they don't know your website like i don't know for me com is always taken for every business name that i want so net it is and i feel like people weren't finding me but yeah so i feel like google is always your first point of contact so yeah i don't know i learned i learned my lesson <laughs> we have our website
0: right yeah no it it's it's definitely uh an evolving you know type of situation with websites and it depends on the industry too yeah i
2: absolutely you're totally right and i um that was my first learning curve that the restaurant industry just, definitely should have
0: <laughs> right you just don't want to be a slave to it and no, have something that's cumbersome and hard to update and you know
2: i agree yes um i want to put my specials up there which i feel like is just another place that i have to do it too but that's okay like if that's what people need and want then that's what i want to do you know
0: What have some of the most popular items been so far?
2: I mean, definitely the smoothies and the avocado toast are so, like, the most made in them. Yeah. Acai bowls. I mean, we go through tubs a week, so um, people definitely love that as well. Yeah. Mm
0: hmm Yeah, you have all... When you go in there, everything is beautifully written on on chalkboard across the top of (laughs) the
2: uh, Behind the counter
0: so it's real easy to read the menu
2: and it's very easy It's very simple and my biggest hesitation to making menus, which was everyone's next like request because people want to know when they're at work like what do you have and I totally get that makes sense, but I don't see our menu really sticking like it's just gonna ever change um, Mm -hmm. with the seasons and with what kind of food I can get and you know we've been here a month like we're trying to feel it out what you know what people like and what they don't like and we want to change some stuff up for the fall maybe try some soup or something you know right. it's a strictly a prep kitchen so we don't cook much in there so everything you get is Fresh, you know, it's bought every few days, usually locally. So,
0: and and I sh- we should mention too that you do have like gluten-free options. We you know, do, yeah. Vegan, mm-hmm. vegetarian, so there's something for everybody.
2: Yes, I mean we loosely say vegan and vegetarian because of the smoothies and the acai bowls, you know. But it is, right? Um, and there's definitely um, like veggie paninis, like you know. So there's definitely things you can get, but. I definitely am. Um, I show my true Italian colors when I make food in the grab and go because I make like Annie pastas and like prosciutto sandwiches and <laughs> things like that. So, yes, um, your
0: Italian hoagies are off the hook.
2: Thanks. <laughs> I try, you <them. laughs> know.
0: Yeah, that was like I snarfed that down. <laughs> <laughs> um and the potato salad was really good gee I've had pretty many things so far yeah and there's
2: so many things I want to try you know like I like I said I can't wait to master my schedule like uh like my dad because it'll give me more time there to really hone my craft like I got to over at the salon you know
0: are you gonna do like catering at all or like you know Larger orders, or we got
2: asked to do DoorDash today or not, door GrubHub. Oh, okay, so I don't know how that works, and a lot of it's super new to me, you know. So, um, I think I'll definitely ease myself into that territory because I'm just not there every single hour yet, and uh, right, I think I would feel more comfortable doing that stuff when I'm there every day, yeah, well, I'm no every pressure, day, but like you know, all day,
0: yeah, now you have you have to take it, you know, in steps, in stages.
2: Absolutely, yeah, for sure.
0: So your, your hours are adjusting seven. for the new season. Yeah,
2: so starting after Labor Day, we're going to be 7 to 3, and that's Monday through Saturday, and then hopefully in the spring we'll get to pick back up and, you know, catch some people off the trail and stay open a little bit later when it's a little bit lighter. Right. You know, but I think for the winter we're going to, we're gonna focus on breakfast and lunch.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, your menu isn't really.
2: It's not dinner. Geared towards you know? dinner
0: time anyway. So. Hey,
2: you have to adjust with what people do and what the market is around here, and it just seems to be that people are, you know, they're on their way home at five o'clock. They're not thinking about stopping. For me, on their way home, which is most likely what I'm not doing either, because I'm stopping for pasta from D'Amato on the way home. You know. Right. So.
0: And Hellertown tends to be sort of like in the winter anyway like a town that closes oh, early
2: absolutely for sure
0: <laughs> they always say they i like roll it up the i think it's
2: so like quaint you know
0: oh like, yeah okay. no it is but it's lonely when you're working here till like 11 o'clock oh <laughs> my gosh like, why <laughs> are you
2: here so late <laughs> Uh
0: you know, like, you know owning your own business like. <laughs>
2: yeah you're like a 24-hour job <laughs> you really are
0: sometimes yeah it, it can be if you want it to be it's yeah. like one of those things because mm-hmm. there's never there are no set hours like like with a brick and mortar business yeah so to speak for sure but like I said I'm super happy that, that you've opened here and we'll keep telling everybody about
2: Thank off the trail you. and yeah we need that <laughs> <laughs> and
0: um, excited to to see you know how things evolve and and as you continue to grow one other thing I wanted to mention too is that you know if you're somebody that's hesitant to go out right now because of COVID off the trail is really spacious inside so yep. when you walk in like there's plenty of room it's a huge counter you don't have to
2: there's six feet, definitely, between the counter and the person. It's yes. so wide.
0: <laughs> yes. Which, and
2: it's like 30 feet long. So And a
0: lot of restaurants, especially like breakfast and lunch places, are holes in the wall. So you don't have that.
2: Thanks. So um,
0: I think that's a plus. And you guys follow all the safety, yes. you know, health and safety requirements. Yes,
2: yes, yes. We got the whole rundown on how it works and what to do to make sure that we're killing covid right so they say they say
0: well if you're a arrest if you're opening a restaurant during coronavirus like it's only ever going to get easier yeah exactly <laughs> right it's, that's seriously. how i would look at it because i mean that's that's brave to do that because a lot of places are are just not open not open at full capacity you know and
2: it's been rough but it's, yeah i think it's worth it like if we can survive this we can definitely survive anything and i think you know, that entrepreneurial spirit, like, I just had to do it. I had to do it. I have to try it. I have to see if people like it. And, you know, we'll go from there.
0: Yes. Well, thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: And uh, we'll, I'll see you soon. Yeah,
2: right. We're neighbors. So I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Thanks, Allie.
0: No Rain Date is an original production of Sock and Source LLC. Our theme music is provided by This Way to the Egress. For more great music by them, be sure to follow This Way to the Egress on Spotify. Thank you for listening.